Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to our latest podcast. And this will be a series of several talks on pancreas. We'll focus on pancreatic masses. And those of you who are attending or are lucky enough to attend our 3D imaging course in Baltimore this coming weekend or next week in Las Vegas, we'll hear some of this similar information. But what I'm going to do is in the Baltimore course, I'm going to tell you some real secrets as in the Vegas course. So you got to pay to hear everything. Anyway, let's get started. And what I'm going to do is look at the current state of the art for uh, pancreatic imaging in 2007 in terms of pancreatic cancer. And we know state of the art is something that is always changing, but we recognize that 64 slice CT provides us significant advantages. And we're going to look very carefully at what 64 slice CT means in the pancreas, particularly in terms of 3D imaging and CT angiography and vascular mapping. The question I'll also address in this talk is what does CTA and 3D imaging really add to the evaluation of pancreatic disease? But before I do that, let me just give some basic background material. Pancreatic cancer is about 28,000 deaths per year in the United States. It remains as it has for a number of years the fourth leading cause of cancer-related deaths in both men and women. Five-year survival is dismal and is typically under 5%. And typically, the poor survival is due to early tumor spread, whether it's via the lymphatics or hematogenous spread. And I've been to lectures where people basically will say, you make the diagnosis of pancreatic cancer, it's a fatal diagnosis. There are no survivors. But not everything is really that bad. There's lots of work being done in pancreatic cancer research and treatment, classically and today as well. Surgery is the only way of curing the patient. Whipple's procedure, resection, if you're one of those lucky patients with negative margins, followed by radiation therapy or maybe radiation therapy plus chemotherapy, has had good survival rates if patients have no tumor spread. The combination therapy, surgery plus RT and chemotherapy is becoming really the way things are being managed now. There are a number of different chemotherapy agents that are under study. There's a new pancreatic cancer vaccine for patients with pancreatic cancer. So there's lots of work going on. They've increased the survival time by a matter of a number of months. But if your survival is six months and now it's 12 months, then you really are doubling it. But there's a lot of work going on. I won't go into that in great detail, however, at this point. Now, if you're looking from a perspective of surgery, if we say surgery is the only real cure, then of course the question is resectability or unresectability. And maybe unresectability is more important. Now, to make someone unresectable, the fact is in pancreatic cancer, that's going to differ between many institutions and many surgeons. It very much depends in many ways on the philosophy of the surgeon, their skill, as well as the patient's age and health. Some institutions are very aggressive, some are not quite as aggressive. Of course, in a 50-year-old, you want to be more aggressive than you are in a 75-year-old, but recognizing there's no need for aggressive surgery if you can't help the patient. So again, surgical criteria will vary, and that has not changed as well. Reality, of course, is everyone would agree on certain things. A patient is unresectable if a patient has liver mets. One med is not going to make you resectable. You're not resectable. Nodal involvement beyond the pancreatic bed. And so peripancreatic nodes, portal nodes will not make you unresectable. But if you have bulky periodic nodes, that will indeed make you uh, unresectable. We also talk about vascular encasement. 
and typically vascular involvement will make you unresectable, but that also needs an asterisk because institutions like Hopkins with isolated uh, SMV or portal vein involvement when it's for a short segment will do aggressive surgery for treating those patients. We've seen patients with resection of some of the arterial structures as well, including the celiac axis. So again, surgeons are getting better, their skills are getting better, and in many institutions, they will, they will do more risky procedures. Now, from a radiology perspective, life in some ways is very simple. I need in part to answer a lot of questions, but really I'm only answering one question. And so the work I'm doing is very much binary. When the surgeon comes to me and I evaluate a patient with suspected or known pancreatic cancer, they only have one question. Can I operate or can I operate? If the patient is resectable, no liver mets, no evidence of vessel involvement, they're going to operate. If a patient has liver mets or encasement or narrowing of vessels, they're not going to operate. Now, if it's in between, if I'm not certain, they will operate. Since surgery is the only way to cure a patient, if you're uncertain, you need to operate. So one of the things we take great pride in, there was a paper published from Hopkins, is that whenever we said someone was unresectable, they indeed were unresectable when they went to surgery. Often the surgery was done for bypass or palliative type surgery, but they always were unresectable. There was no patient where we said unresectable that the surgeon went in and the patient indeed was resectable. So it's very, very critical. And so you can think about it, the key to performing and implementing and interpreting a CT scan of the pancreas is defining who is or isn't a candidate for Whipple's procedure. The rest is all statistics. And in many ways, because if it's borderline, the patient will get operated on, the question probably is not how good we are in determining resectability, but how good we are in determining unresectability. If I say you're unresectable, I need to be right 100% of the time. Not 97 and not 98 and not 99, 100% of the time. In saying that, if we need to be so accurate, how do we optimize the CT studies in this patient? And again, the newest scanners really are perfect for what we do. Oral contrast, we use water, 1,000 cc's over about a 20-minute period. You can use positive contrast, dilute Omnipeg solution, for example. But reality is, is you want to stay with water because that is really ideal for distending the stomach, distending the proximal bowel without causing any artifact. In terms of intravenous contrast, depending on patient's BON creatinine, we'll use Visipake or Omnipake between 100 and 120 cc's. On the newest scanners, 100 cc's typically works very nicely. We do dual phase imaging routinely with our dual phase being at about 25 to 30 seconds following injection start and venous phase being about 60 seconds out. We do not use a timing bolus or a test bolus. This works very well in routine practice. Now, in mentioning we do two phases and occasionally a third phase, one can ask, what are the individual phases for? Well, the arterial phase is surely best for detecting vascular tumors, and we'll speak about that a little bit later, like insulinomas with hypervascular pancreatic masses only being seen uh, in the early phase. Similarly, in those patients with vascular primary pancreatic lesions, the Mets are typically vascular, and so you need to be arterial phase to see metastasis. And the third reason, and probably the main reason in many cases, particularly adenoCA, 
is determining resectability. We want a vascular map in the arterial face. Tell me about the SMA. Tell me about the celiac. Tell me about the hepatic. Tell me about the splenic or any of their variations in terms of branching. In terms of the venous phase, it's ideal for picking up small tumors or most pancreatic tumors. Remember that adenocea is a hypovascular. As you go from arterial phase to venous phase, the lesions will show up a whole lot better. It's also the best phase for liver mets, except for islet cell tumors. Adenocarcinoma of the pancreas typically is hypovascular, as are its liver mets. And patients with islet cells, of course, those lesions are vascular in the pancreas and in the liver proper. Venous phase imaging, of course, is also critical for venous maps, portal vein, SMV, or any of the other mesenteric vessels. Now, in terms of protocols, it will vary from machine to machine, but here's our Siemens protocols. We use the thinnest detectors, 0.6 millimeters, slice thickness of 0.75 every 0.5 millimeters. Um, we typically will do arterial phase uh, at about 25 to 30 seconds post-injection. And then we'll do a venous phase about 55 seconds post-injection. We use the same sort of parameters. Again, most of the time with venous phase imaging, the soft tissue algorithm works very nicely. Now, if you didn't have a 64 and you're at a 16, use the best collimation you have. Use some of the same principles and things indeed work very nicely. Now, one of the important things we find in looking at pancreatic cancer and determining resectability is the limitations in the axial view. Too much partial averaging, it's just not the ideal perspective. Uh, you need to use 3D mapping. We focus on volume rendering. We also do a lot of mipping. So both of them together are really terrific. We look at the lesion. We look at its specific characteristics. We look at solid versus cystic. We look at calcification or fat. We look at enhancement pattern. And then, of course, we look at the vascular map. Now, in terms of adenosine of the pancreas, it's best defined when the parenchymal to uh, tumor difference is maximized. That commonly will be in the uh, portal or late portal phase. Um, other patients, 45 to 60 seconds seems to be an ideal uh, timing in this situation, and that will work very nicely. Now, we also recognize that tumor conspicuity is best when there's differentiation between the lesion and normal structures. And you can see in this article in the portal venous phase, it was ideal. Tumor to pancreas difference was about 54 Hounsfield units while in arterial phase it was much lower. So if you're thinking about tumor, you better think on adenocarcinoma for uh, venous phase to see the tumor. Arterial phase is what you look at when you're looking at islet cell tumors. Now articles have said, well, if arterial phase is no good, why do we bother doing it? This article was not very strong about arterial phase. Images of the pancreas obtained in the hepatic phase with MDCT most accurately displays vascular invasion. But again, we like the early phase or arterial images for arterial structures, and we like the uh, venous phase for more delayed acquisition. So again, uh, it's very important to recognize what we're trying to do is pick up pancreatic tumors, define what kind of mass they are, and then help the surgeon with management. Is there invasion locally? Is there invasion distally? What exactly is going on? And that indeed becomes very, very critical to how we approach the entire project.
And here's another article by Fletcher. Routine acquisition of images in the arterial phase is unnecessary. The detection of pancreatic tumors. The hepatic phase is best. And again, this is as long as you're looking for tumors or looking at the portal vein. If you want to see the arterial structures, the SMA and celiac, which are critical in determining resectability and planning surgery, you need to have arterial phase imaging. And again, here's one more article talking about a little bit uh, of a less complicated study, and this was done on a single source scanner. But again, uh, this article did help maximize what you can do on one of those older scanners, but that indeed is older technology and something we no longer use. In terms of being able to pick up pancreatic tumors, uh, I commented before that the larger the tumor, the worse the prognosis in most cases is, and really the tumors that we typically see that are resectable are typically the smaller lesions. And the question always is how good is CT picking up smaller lesions? And you can see from this article that uh, on a 16-slice scanner, the use of multiple phase acquisition has a sensitivity of 77% and specificity of 100%, very impressive, for lesions 2 centimeters or less. So again, if you want to pick up the most tumors, you will need to do multi-phase acquisition. Now in terms of 3D imaging, what do we see? We look at the gland, we see lobulations, we create images from volume rendering, we can visualize the gland very nicely, and in this example I show you the relationships of the gland to the adjacent portal vein, splenic vein, and SMV. We can lay out the gland in a uh, pattern across a cut plane, and then really nicely in this case show you the lobulations, the fatty texture of the gland. And so when we see a tumor, we often see textural change. Notice the low-density lesion in the uh, region of the head and uncinate process. No one is going to confuse this with simply perfusion changes or something like that. You can see very nicely this one centimeter low-density mass in the region of the head of the pancreas. At this point, there was no evidence of vascular invasion, just indeed a very nice example. Now we will look at texture maps because often texture is one of the easiest ways of finding pathology. When you're looking for size of lesions, they may often be very large and that's kind of late. We'll try to look at texture. Another example, what about this case? Look at this lesion in the pancreas. It's relatively low density. It's sitting right in the body. The rest of the gland is somewhat atrophic. There the lesion is again. And you see a lesion, it's well defined, it's water density, there's no evidence of significant duct dilatation, there's no vascular invasion. What do you do in a case like this? Well, in a case like this, this looks like a relatively benign lesion. You look at it through multiple planes and multiple perspectives, and this was an IPMN. So IPMs are one of the most common things. Probably 3% of the population has them. They can be confused with other types of pancreatic lesions, particularly cystic lesions, because indeed they are cystic, they can be confused with adenocarcinoma, so you want to be very careful. Adenocarcinomas can be low density, but they never look like a cyst. And here's an example of a two centimeter mass in the head of the pancreas. It's one of the smaller tumors you'll see. Portal vein, SMV, all look very, very nicely. And when you go from the uh, 2D to 3D, you see in 2D on this view, the cystic component of the tumor, you see the septation, which is really partial averaging against some normal pancreatic tissue for the most part. You then go from that image to this sequence of images. Again, you see the cystic lesion 
in the uh, head of the pancreas, uh, you see very nicely its orientation and position. And again, one other example here is just another set of those images. And another case of a mass in the head of the pancreas toward the uncinate. Mass is low density, cystic, pushing against the patient's uh, um, portal vein SMV confluence, but just a very nice example of carcinoma. Now, I mentioned to you before about metastasis, and I'm not going to go into meds in detail, but I will make the point that a patient with METS, as we said, is unresectable. METS are best seen in the venous phase unless it's islet cell tumor or some neuroendocrine tumor, and then METS are best seen in the arterial phase. And so here's just a nice example, and another case, typical mass, nice texture to the pancreas, nice dilated duct. The mass is eccentric. This was a eccentric IPMN. And here's just another set of images uh, really showing you the mass and relationship to the uh, duct in the pancreas. So very, very nice example. And here's just a couple more images that show the same thing. Now, we look at the duct in the pancreas. We look at the common duct. We look at the gallbladder, a very distended gallbladder, the Covassier gallbladder is one of the classic signs of pancreatic cancer. We look at this example. You see the patient's uh, arterial phase imaging. Look at the patient's... Uh, SMA, you see the patient's portal vein here, you see some of the uh, vessel from the porta hepatis, but uh, you're not really seeing uh, much else. You begin to come into some collaterals now. We see collaterals for a number of reasons. Typically, it's usually when there's some occlusive changes in vessel. You can see nicely, in this case, the mass in the head of the pancreas. You can see when we scan the patient, markedly dilated ducts and that central tumor. So again, a very nice example of pancreatic cancer. And again, when we do these studies, we create these vascular maps. So you would have seen the portal vein encasement. You would have looked carefully at the celiac and renals and SMA, and you would have seen this replaced right hepatic. And of course, you would have looked right here at this other example, which nicely shows you portal vein, splenic vein confluence, which is now amputated which is due to, uh, as you can see in this case, um, just tumor encasement. And so very, very uh, important to recognize that. And we'll show with you with a couple different renderings. Often I use routinely volume rendering. I do supplement it with MIP. At times MIP is particularly nice when you want to create thin slabs and really do lots of visualizations of, uh, of the smaller vessels. And you can see here the MIP very nicely showing you the patient's portal vein and SMV confluence. So why don't we stop at this point? I know everyone's getting a little bit tired and uh, let's just pick it up in a few minutes. Thanks a lot.